Well, hello there. My name is Jan Burt, and this is my podcast, The Burt Not Ernie Show, where we talk about God's promises and the hope those promises bring to our everyday lives. Whenever I meet somebody new, I introduce myself as Jan Burt and say, like Burt and Ernie, since it's easy to confuse my last name with a different one. And almost always, people smile when they think of Burt and Ernie. That got me thinking. I'm a Burt, and I'm not an Ernie. But how often do we live as if we're someone God never meant for us to be? Part of knowing who you are is knowing who you're not. Hence the name, The Burt Not Ernie Show. I'm so glad you're here. Let's dig into God's promises. Well, hey there. Hello again, everybody. Jan Albert here, back again for episode 34 of The Burt Not Ernie Show where we're getting the promises of God right straight deep down into the people of God. And isn't that where they belong? Yeah, yeah, that's where they belong. Changing our minds, touching our hearts, spurring us on to more and more faith, more and more trust, greater hope, helping us to impact those people all around us, because some of them just flat need a blessing, right? That is what it means to get the promises of God into the people of God. All right, here we go. Um, God's promises are powerful. They're powerful. How awesome is it that those powerful promises are for Y-O-U today? Because that's the truth. I know I say that stuff on repeat, but it's only because I really want you to have it in your heart and mind on repeat, that this is true for you right here and right now, not for other people and not for some far off time in the future. And uh, a lot of God's blessings are for right here while we're living I will yet see the goodness of the Lord in the land of the living. That's from the Psalms. I think David wrote that. I'd have to check it. Um, I don't have that in my notes. I just threw that in here. But that's why I say that so much. I want you to know this is for you right here, right now, not for later, for today. All right, we're going to be back in the Amplified Bible yet again, but you're going to see why I chose the Amplified for today's verse once I start reading it to you. I I think it's going to be a blessing to you. Okay, Psalm 91. Yeah, that's like, that's where we're at today. We're, we're hitting it hard. Psalm 91, verse 1 in the Amplified says, He who dwells in the shelter of the Most High will remain secure and rest in the shadow of the Almighty, whose power no enemy can withstand. Well, so what do you think of this verse from this particular translation? That little extra added oomph at the end, that extra explanation, uh, definition of Almighty, which is one of God's names, this is capitalized, where it says, whose power no enemy can withstand. That's pretty great, right? Yeah. Yeah. So, you know, that'll preach. Like you could, I'm I'm telling you, if you, if you hit the YouTube for um, sermons on Psalm 91, yeah, I bet you'll just be, I don't know how many hits you'll get. It'll be a ton. So that'll preach this verse. This is for all who believe in the Lord. So if you know somebody who doesn't know Jesus yet, and I think we all probably do, and you really want them You'd love for them to just get interested in learning about who Jesus is. This psalm is a great one because you can you can talk about this with people. You can pray this over people, yeah, but you can talk about this with people. You can mention that you've been praying the promises of Psalm 91 over your own life and how you've seen those prayers answered in amazing ways. This, I'm telling you, this can draw people in to be like, wait, you can pray a specific verse from the Bible and those things, like it happens, what it says happens. Um, This is an intriguing 
passage from the Word of God for a lot of reasons, and it is a great catalyst to open the door to conversations with people that don't know Jesus, but that God has laid on your heart to pray into the kingdom of God, if that makes sense. So, I mean, you can talk about things um, just the way your prayers have been answered, but you can also talk about the stories of people over the last several hundred years or longer who have prayed Psalm 91 in some like crazy dangerous situations. And there have been miraculous protections and deliverances and miracles that are just amazing. I've heard of people who've woken up in the middle of the night and uh, prayed Psalm 91 for a specific missionary on the other side of the world. And later on, they hear, yeah, I was being attacked at that moment by, by whatever bandits, rebels, whatever it might be. Um, and those people left. And later on, I heard that they left because at this moment, 10, 27, our time or whatever, exactly at that time, these huge glowing warriors appeared around me. I didn't see them, but they appeared around me and they fled. And you'd be like, yeah, I that person will say, yeah, I remember waking up at that exact time. Like you do the time change shift and go, that's the exact time God woke me up to pray Psalm 91. It's powerful. It's amazing. People are interested in that. People are fascinated by that. And Psalm 91 has more testimonies linked to it than I could ever begin to even study in my lifetime. So that is a great way to connect with people that you have a heart for, that you want them to know Jesus the way you know Jesus. So, and of course you can pray this Psalm over the lives of people that you want to see come to know him and over um, anybody of any age can pray this psalm and anybody of any age can be your kind of prayer target, if you will, that you're praying this over. So uh, honestly, I would say even memorizing Psalm 91 would be a really, really excellent use of your time for sure. Like there aren't a lot of other things that you can do with your time that would have the impact that knowing this passage of God's word by heart will have on your life. I'm, I'm going to say that again. There's not a lot of things you can do with your time that will compare impact-wise on the time investment that you spend in memorizing this psalm. It will impact your life and the lives of others. Uh, dare I say it will change your life? I think it will. Uh, I know it will. All right, so let's see what this psalm has for us, shall we? He who dwells in the shelter of the Most High. Okay, obviously the he also applies to she. So if you're a female listening, which, you know, a lot, I think probably most of my listeners are, I don't know for sure, but it's it's this, she who dwells in the shelter of the Most High, right? This is for all of us. We know that, but sometimes it's just nice to hear it said out loud. This is also for the, for the she's, not just the he's. Do you know Jesus as your very own personal Lord, your very own personal Savior? He's a personal God. Uh, he works in families. He works in churches. He works in communities. He works in, in uh, countries, but he's personal. He needs to be yours. So if that's you, this promise is your promise. If you dwell in the shelter of the Most High, capital M and capital H for those two words, Most High. So this is a name for the Lord, right? Um, just like Almighty in this verse, he has given himself two names, Most High and Almighty, right? So Most High, that's who he is. That's not a description. It's a title. It's actually who he is. So he can't be anything else where it says he's Almighty. He is almighty. He cannot be anything else. The most high. He is the most high. He can't not be. It's not a description. It's his name. It's who he is. So the Lord, he is most high. Think about that now. Like, I just don't want us to breeze past any 
pieces of this too quickly because there's just so much here. Think on that for a second. You dwell. You reside. You do the most real and vital parts of your living right in that place. That's a safe place to be dwelling in the shelter of the most high. So um, nothing, no one, nobody, no situation, no problem, no emergency, no election results, no disease, no demon from hell, nothing can be above him, right? Because he is literally the most high. What can be higher than that which is most high? Nothing. It is not possible. And where do you dwell, my friend? You dwell, which means you live, right? Your dwelling place is your home. So when you dwell in the shelter, anybody love that idea of having a totally safe place? Like a place where you can know that you know that you know you are sheltered from all the stuff of life. Shelter. What a perfectly comforting word the Lord uses here. And that's for our benefit. This is not for his benefit. He knows full well that he's our shelter. He knows who he is. He knows he's the most high. He knows how safe we are sheltering in him. Uh, he didn't put this down in ink for himself. That word, that exact word that's used right there for you, for us, for you, for his children, shelter. You live in his shelter. And so, of course, you're constantly, totally sheltered because you dwell there. You're at home there. You live there. Your dwelling place is a safe place. Should I say it again, for maybe anybody who didn't hear me, your dwelling place is a safe place. Please never forget that truth. And my little black pug Jack is snoring up a storm. If you can hear him, um, it's actually pretty adorable. He is really snoring right now. So, okay, the whole rest of your life might be described as the mess of your life right? Like the rest of your life might be the mess of your life. It might feel like your every other part of your life, it's just a mess. It's just a mess. And yet, no matter what is going on in your life, at work, regarding your kids' school changes for the fall, all the things, your health, whatever it might be, your finances, the rest of your life outside of um, what you, like, uh, how do I want to put it? Just all aspects of your life, rather, I guess, in the rest of your life. What I mean is that every part of your life can be a total mess, but you still dwell in a place that is safety. Uh, it's really hard to understand that if you don't just almost pray and say, Lord, can you tell me what that means? Show me what that means. Well, it means this is the peace Jesus promised. My peace I give to you, not peace that the world gives. He leaves his peace with us as a gift. It's a treasure. And that's the dwelling in safety aspect of his peace. No matter what the rest of your life is, your whole life can just be a wreck. Falling down around you, you still have the peace of the Lord. You're dwelling in a place that is safety. And this moment, this mess of your life is not the end of your life. There is more. You, I'm telling you, that verse from Psalms, I will yet see the goodness of the Lord in the land of the living. Man, anchor yourself to that. Anchor yourself to that. That's really important to remember that on your on your good days, sure, but on your on your not good days, on your worst days, oh no, I will yet see the goodness of the Lord in the land of the living. Uh, boom. That's just a fact, Jack. There's no question mark there. There's a period. That's a statement. It's a promise. Count on it. Just like this is that you dwell in a place that is safety. Not just safe when you need a little bit of safe in your life. No, 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 no. This place is safety. 
God cannot be anything less. And to say that again, this isn't just safe when you could use like a little bit of extra safe in your life. No, you dwell in safety. This place is safety, all safety, all the time. So you dwell there in the shelter of the Most High. And guess what? You've got a bit of a promise here, okay? Like, actually, it's not a bit. It's a big one. It's a whopper. You ready for it? You will remain secure. Think about that. Like, that makes me want to say, hello, what? You will. Remember, whenever you see that word will, when it's a promise from God's word, you got to emphasize it. You will remain. Remain, as in going nowhere. This is a permanent state for you. Secure. You will remain secure. That's awesome. Secure. Let me throw out some antonyms for this word secure, right? Okay. So uh, loose, antonyms, opposite words, not synonyms, not the same. I'm telling you the opposite of secure so you can know better. Um, It just helps me shore things up in my mind. I'm a word girl. You may not need this. And so I'm sorry if you don't. But the, the goal is for you to see all the things that you're not going to be as a result of this promise. Loose. One antonym for secure is loose. Hey, God, God never plays fast and loose with his children. Never, never, not going to happen. Unlocked. Well, I'm just going to going to say this makes me think of all the blessings, the favor, the grace that the Lord is unlocking over my life as I continue to dwell in the shelter of the Most High and trust totally in him and believe him for who he is. And live to bring glory to his name, which is a pretty good life goal. Honestly, I don't know what's better than that. That's a great goal. Uncertain. You never, ever have to feel uncertain when Psalm 91 is true of your life. This is a big, big statement. I know. I'm talking big here. I know. But my faith in my Jesus is able to make that statement because I've lived it. I know it's the truth because I live it out. Does that make sense? Like, I know I'm talking big here, but God's big. It's his promise. It's his promise. God is not uncertain about anything ever, period. It, that's, that's another drop the mic kind of a statement there. That's the truth. For real, God is not and never has been, not even one time, not for a millisecond, uncertain about anything. Insecure, another word there. That's the opposite of secure, obviously insecure. This is a place, this place where you dwell. It's a place where insecurity begins to fall away never to return. That's the potential in this promise. Your insecurity can fall away. All of your insecurities, whatever they're linked to and whatever manner they show up in your life, they can fall away little by little, bit by bit, or even dramatically like boom, rapidly, never to return. Because God doesn't want you living in a place of insecurity. You're secure in him. You will remain secure. So of course he doesn't want you to ever be insecure. I know we all struggle with it, but I'm telling you, Jesus is the hope that we have to overcome insecurity. And um, our hope is not misplaced when it's in Jesus. It's not. Okay. So can you imagine that being true of your life? Like, can you imagine being over it, done with insecurity? Uh, That's God's will for you. It really is. No more insecurity. You will remain secure equates to no more insecurity. Does it not? If I'm wrong, uh, explain to me how I'm wrong, because I ain't wrong. Secure, I know, is an, is an encompassing word that means a lot of things, but we need to recognize that it means a lot of things. And one of those is that you can be free from insecurity. That's God's will. So you can pray that over your life, because when you pray God's will, he hears and he answers. Okay, next part of this verse, we will rest in the shadow of the Almighty. 
Okay, this, uh, this isn't exactly like a good night's sleep kind of a rest. Sunday afternoon nap kind of rest. Falling asleep while the football game is on, or even like that nap you might take on the beach. The sun is kind of nice and warm and the waves are, you hear that in the background and you're zoning out. No, this is real, true, deep, authentic rest. Rest. What does that word bring to mind? It's different for a lot of people. For me, sometimes I feel the most rested when I am uh, trucking around a theme park all day. You know, when I walk 9, 10, 11 miles and sweat like crazy, and I, but I have this deep rest, a satisfied kind of rest. So what does that bring to mind for you? What would deep, deep and safe, safe rest look like for your life? Sometimes we don't really rest because we don't feel safe. You know what I mean? Like that thing is rolling around the back of our mind and you lay down to go to sleep and all of a sudden, boom, all the worries of the day are there. Or there's that work thing, or there's that relationship thing, or there's that health thing. You know, your your parents are getting older and not doing well, whatever it might be. Sometimes our our worries strip us of our rest. So, I mean, that's what I mean when I say what a safe rest look like for your life, where you're not resting and worrying at the same time. You just know that you're safe, which means all the stuff in your life is not weighing on you in that moment. Because when you feel safe, you don't feel overwhelmed by all the things. When you see a baby who's just like racked out on mom or dad, you know, like a newborn and they're asleep laying right there on your chest, like they might be with mom. And sometimes it seems like a newborn. I don't think it's sometimes. I think they do recognize the sound of mom's heartbeat because they heard it while they were in the womb and they can just be out. You know what I mean? You've seen a baby like that. They're resting and they're safe. So think about how like that little one would be sleeping in a deep sleep. Rest is indicative of getting better. Do you know what I mean? Like rest is indicative of getting better. Babies, children need naps because they grow when they're sleeping. So you need amount of sleep that it equates to the amount of growth and development happening in your life. When you're sick, man, um, you ever gotten sick and slept for like 12 hours straight or something? It's just that deep restorative sleep. And then you wake up and you're like, whoa, yep, I know I'm on the mend and I'm mostly better just from all that solid sleep. That's what comes to mind when I think of safe rest, like restoration, restoration. Rest is indicative of getting better, of getting better, getting healthier. And God wants healthy children. I think you know that that's true. It's good to be reminded of that though. That means God wants you healthy in every aspect. You will rest in the shadow of the almighty. What in the world could keep you from truly resting? from getting that much-needed, restorative, healing rest when you're in the shadow of the Almighty. When God gives himself that name, Almighty, with a capital A, he is not exaggerating. And hey, you know this, like, I know you already know this, you don't need me to tell you this, but sometimes on certain days, every now and then, you might need somebody to remind you of what you already know to bring it to the forefront of your mind and your circumstances, right? So that's why when I say something you already know, it's just to bring it up to the forefront again to go, yeah, yeah, that's true. And that's my truth. That's true for me. That name, Almighty, what all does it mean for you, for your life, for your future, for your family, for your circumstances? He's Almighty, Almighty, having complete power, omnipotent, all-powerful, supreme, preeminent, immense, colossal, very great, having the power to do everything. This is God's name. This is where you are resting in the shadow of the one who has complete power to do everything. 
how could you not rest there? You can totally rest in this place. You are in the shadow of the one who has complete power to do everything. You can rest here. Now, you should basically, um, you should, you should basically what I'm telling you is that you have to simply rest. You must rest in this place. If you are here and you are not resting, it's not because of anything that God has or has not done. You're making a decision to be quite frank, like to just be super blunt. If you're not resting in this place, you're choosing not to rest. God has rest for you. Nobody can steal this from you either. Nobody can steal this from you. Satan cannot get to you in this place. How could he? He cannot snatch you out from under the shadow of the Almighty. He cannot get to you here. He can't get near you. All powerful. Satan can't get to a place where God is all powerful. Colossal. Yeah, no enemy can get to me here. This, I, I know that you're hearing me and I hope you're picking up what I'm laying down because this is God's truth for you. The only way this peace dissipates and takes off is if you do the letting. Hey, I've got this really great friend. Okay, she's a gem. Like I'm telling you, there's nobody else like her on this planet. I love her. She shared this article on Facebook recently, uh, just a couple of days ago, actually. And it was talking about the danger of fear, how it literally rewires our brain. And you know what? It does. I've read about stuff like this and it it rewires our brain. This is why God's word, science is always proving the amazing truth that God's word has always said to us. When you need to set your mind on things above, when you need to watch the way you think, um, when you need to renew your mind, yeah, God's no chump. He made you. He knows you're rewiring your brain when you give in to constant fear. Like, so this study, um, it cited this article. There was, a, I think the article cited a study. I didn't go to the study. I just read the article, but it showed that playing the piano and thinking about playing the piano had the exact same impact on the brain. How cool is that? And it went on to show that thinking fearfully had the impact on the brain that an actual scary situation would have. So have, you know, having a whole different way of looking, I mean, looking at life, right, which is how you think, right? Having a whole different way of thinking, thinking rightly will rewire your brain. We need to think rightly. The New Testament does tell us to think on these things, whatever is lovely, whatever is pure, true, praiseworthy of a good report. Thinking rightly is really important. It rewires our brain. And thank you to my friend who shared that article. I was blessed by it. And I'm sure many others were too. Um, and in this situation that we're in, where it's easy to think about all the what ifs and start down the fear trail, we need to turn that on its head and start thinking about the things that the word of God tells us to think about. Think about what's most true. Rewire your brain in that way. Okay, so... Um, this is my way of saying think positively, but I'm, um, I say thinking rightly instead of thinking positively because I've lived long enough to know there is no self-help that helps me with myself. Um, I'm not a self-help advocate. I'm a God help advocate. I need Jesus help. I cannot help myself at all. I need Jesus, Jesus, and a whole lot more Jesus thinking rightly. That's why I say thinking rightly over positively because I got to align myself with the truth of God's word. I need to be spending time in prayer. I need the Holy Spirit to change the way I think and make my thinking decisions for me in a way, if you will, uh, to kind of override when I'm going to a fear place. I don't need to try to do that in a self-help type situation because I can't help myself. I suck at helping myself. I uh, yeah, fail, epic fail every time. So that's why thinking rightly is so important to me. And I know I'm passionate about this. I feel like I put on my my preachy talking voice sometimes. And it's really not, I don't want to preach at anybody. And I don't even like the term like teaching people. 
I just get really excited and passionate. So um, I just got to say that if somebody's a new listener and they're like, oh my gosh, this lady, I'm, uh, I'm, I'm not nagging or ragging or bagging on anybody. I'm just, I get excited about God's word probably more than anything else. So, okay. Anyway, um, thinking rightly will do the same thing to your mind, which is kind of where a lot of your emotions come from, right? Uh, it, it has the same result in your brain as actually being in a positive situation. And regarding COVID, we need to be thinking rightly. People are lonely. They are depressed. They are afraid, overwhelmed, bored, um, unhealthy, you know, the weight gain and all that kind of stuff people have talked about. Uh, we as Christ followers, we have hope to offer them. You got a phone? Text some hope to somebody today. Use social media to share hope, but also live hope out in your own life. Grow hope, if you will. Grow hope in your life by thinking rightly. Okay, last part of this verse from the Amplified. So these are the words that are in parentheses, right? They're put here to show us more of the depth of the meaning of this passage based on the original Hebrew in this case. So it says, whose power no enemy can withstand. Take your current stressors, which can be given the title of enemy. Am I right? If it is a stressor in your life, it's a stressing you out and messing with you, it's an enemy. Take your current stressors and say out loud, if you possibly can, if you can't right now, that's fine. When you get back in your car or, or uh, you know, you jump in the shower in the morning, you say this out loud over each and every one of your stressors. You cannot withstand the power of my God. You got some work stress? Hey, work stress, you cannot withstand the power of my God. Relationship issues? No way those issues can withstand the power of your God. They can't. Really do this with your hard, over your hard places. Speak this truth over your life. Satan cannot stick around when you're praising God and speaking truth like that. So, oh, he'll come back around again to mess with you. But for the time being, he'll hit the road, Jack, because he can't do it. He can't take it. He can't stay where God's being praised. It just, he ain't going to do it. Speak this truth and let it bear fruit in your situations and all your circumstances. Keep speaking truth, speaking life over your life every single day. I mean that. Speak truth, speak life over your life every day. I got to tell you something that somebody said to me in a Facebook message last week, right? So um, this is a special person to me. She, uh, she lives way, way down South in Florida. So I really don't get to see her much anymore, but, um, I'm praying that there's going to be a time when pretty soon, maybe my husband and I and our old dog, Jack can, can go down there and see her and her family. Cause you know, we really do miss them. We miss them all a whole lot. We're going to call her little R and she knows who she is. So, um, well, she told me she was messaging me talking about different things like, um, oh, just all kinds of stuff like a drawing. What do you think my drawing is? Or, um, here's what how much swimming I've been doing or whatever it might be. Right. So, um, and she told me she'd been listening to my podcast and that she was on episode 30 when she sent me that message. And so we had chatting about, I was sending her messages about summer activities, theme parks, stuff like that. And I said something like, you listen to me yakking and blabbing on my podcast. You know, her reply, she didn't even mention the theme park. She didn't talk about summer camp. She just blew right past those parts of my message. Right. Um, and she's a youngster, by the way. My hubs and I, my husband and I, my hubs, husband and I have been involved in children's and youth ministry uh, a lot over the years. So um, that's a frame of reference for how we're like, we just, you know, it, generating a heart for the Lord and young people is like the coolest thing you'll ever see. And if you don't take the time to look a young person in the eye, get down on their level, 
um, you're missing out. I'm just telling you. So anyway, that's, that's a frame of reference for you. So her reply, right? She didn't care about theme park. She didn't care about summer camp. She just replied in a way that only she can. And if you happen to know little R, then you can totally hear her saying this. She just said, you're not blabbing. You're teaching me about God's promises. Wow. Yeah. Like that blessed me in really amazing ways. Like, because it was a reset and a reframe for me that, um, it's a gift that I'm able to, to talk as a woman who's battled a lot of sickness, a lot of heart problems, uh, lack of energy, things that are really, when you're dealing with the diagnosis of heart failure, uh, it comes with a lot of extra, just, it can, it can, it can reset your thinking without me even knowing it, if that makes sense. Like I can start living like, um, I'm sheltering in place and I'm going to be sheltering a place until I die. And, you know, I mean, it just gets, you, you kind of, it's not losing contact with people. It's more like that can become the biggest thing in the room, even though I'm not aware of it being the biggest thing in the room. So little R, your words really did reset me to say, nope, nope, nope. That's not the biggest thing in the room. That's not the biggest thing in my life. And it's been sneaking in there even though I didn't really realize it, right? So I've cleaned out a lot of places, cleaned out the cobwebs and and gotten my mind right with that right thinking in a lot of ways. But this was just like, oop, it's like shown a spotlight on an area where my thinking was like, no, absolutely not. She's right. I am talking about God's promises and that's a good thing. That's a good thing and I'm blessed to be able to do it. So I got to tell you this, little R, I am praying for you that this upcoming year with just all its weirdness and its changes, it's going to be full to the brim of ways that you see God's hand at work in your life, like over and over and over again. And you're going to know better and better every day, just how much the Lord loves you. I know that's going to be your truth. Um, Love you, sweet pea. Miss you. Can't wait to see you and give you a hug in person for real. And uh, do a little swimming for me this summer because, yeah, I kind of, I wish I was in Florida some days. All right, I'm going to give you all kind of a charge today, sort of like homework, but more than that, like a charge. If you are doing something that the Lord has put on your heart to do, like me with this podcast about God's promises, would you just decide you're not going to play it off as no big deal? If God said, you go do that, then guess what? It's a big deal. So do it faithfully, consistently, with your whole heart, not worried about people who won't like it, because some people they just won't. Some people would never do something as nutty as start a podcast when they have no idea at all what in the world it entails. The learning curve was steep, y'all. And you get to a point in the studying and figuring out how to do this, you go, oh, nobody really does this without sending some of this off to other people. Very few people do it on their own. Um, Yeah, I mean, I just obeyed. I didn't, I didn't uh, try to learn it all first. I just made the commitment to the Lord to say, okay, I'm doing this. I know that you said to do this. I'm doing it. And then it was too late because I'd made a commitment to God, right? Like you can't go, uh, uh, I don't know. I can't figure this out. I don't know how to do this. Well, I'd already committed. So I did it. So some people will never do the big things. And some people are not going to like it when you do big things. That's okay. That's not on you. You do that thing. You do that thing. Even when others would never do that thing, you go do that thing that the Lord put on your heart to do. God will bless it. And you could be the next person getting a message like I got from little R. And I'll tell you what, nothing makes your day like something like that. And the last thing for this episode, okay, um, here's another thing I'm doing that God has called me to do, which I feel totally crazy about in light of my current schedule. Wow, I can't even tell you. I am hosting an online 
prayer conference retreat thing via Facebook. I thought maybe I would just have a few friends and we would, um, you know, I would do some Facebook lives and then read their comments and we would just talk about renewing our prayer lives as we go into this fall of so much uncertainty. Um, And it's kind of grown a little, um, honestly, bigger than I thought it would be. I thought, oh, I might have maybe there'll be like 10 people in there. And it's at 45 right now, which isn't a lot. But for me, it feels like a lot. Like, I don't know if that makes sense at all. So um, it's a lot of work. I have 11 sessions to write. So it's kind of like writing 11 short sermons sort of a thing. Not exactly, but I don't, that's the best way I can describe it. And um, I'm not done writing them and I have a lot more to do. So, um, and I want to be engaged in the group, but I also want to get this done and then I'll be engaged in the group when the prayer retreat starts. So, um, hey, what's a big thing God's calling you to do? I would love to hear about it. I would love to hear about it. And I will pray for you because doing this big thing in the midst of a lot of other stuff going on has been like, wow, um, this is God size. Only God can do this. And uh, the blessings are going to be big. But if you're going through a big thing, I know how much work it takes to do a new big thing. And I would love to pray for you because you need prayer partners when you're doing a new big thing. And if you would like to join us, the live sessions are going to be on August 3rd and 4th. And you can go to Facebook and type in Praying Through the Storm Online Prayer Retreat. It's a private group because, I mean, you know, prayer requests shouldn't be public and all that stuff. And so it's going to be a safe place. Nothing's going to leave the group and nobody has to share anything personal. That's not a requirement. If you don't want to share anything personal, I mean, you could even say unspoken request and I will pray you up a storm and the Lord knows what the exact request is. So we're going to keep it safe no matter what. Um, And it's going to be, it's not going to be boatloads of me praying over your personal things on Facebook lives. It's, there's going to be a lot of talking about God's word and prayer. And then, um, some prayer sessions where we really do just pray for one another. Okay. So, um, August 3rd and 4th, praying through the storm online prayer retreat on Facebook. And it's going to be there for you to access anytime. Once you're in the group, you can come back and watch the videos. Um, there are several sessions each day talking about different aspects of prayer and, and portions of the Word of God and what we learn about prayer. Uh, but since it's private, you just have to click that request to join button and answer the one little question, which is basically, do you promise not to share anybody's personal prayer requests or struggles or anything personal outside the group? Um, you get it. You know, We all have our stuff that we just don't want shared all over the place. So that safe place thing, um, it's really important for a prayer group, right? So, and then I will add you to the group like real quick if you're interested. So uh, check that out if you'd like. And I'll be next back week to talk about very fittingly, probably a promise on prayer. So I think we might be looking at something from Luke chapter 11 next, next week. So, all right, that is it for today because guess what? I have got to go get to work on stuff for the prayer retreat and two daughters moving tomorrow and a husband who, if you think of it, please pray for him. He got cellulitis, a really bad like staph type infection in his legs after he had a bad sunburn. And he has a really exciting fishing trip coming up next week. So maybe pray for him that, um, that this goes away because it has been painful and not fun. It's so, uh, yeah, thank you in advance for praying for him. And I know he appreciates it very much. Okay that really is it for today. I'm going to stop yakking and blabbing, right, little Ruth? Love you guys. See you next time. In the meantime, find me on Instagram or Facebook. 
uh, the prayer conference or just somewhere. You can email me at janelbert at outlook.com. I would love to get to know you better. And for those of you who have been reaching out and sending me direct messages, um, how cool is that? I love hearing from you. Thank you for letting me into your life a little bit today. And thank you for connecting with me because it's really amazing to talk to other people who are just diving into God's promises and moving forward with his will. He's doing things in the world. And it's so great to hear from other people what he's doing in your circle of the world. Okay, that's it. See you next time. Lord bless you. Bye-bye. I'm so glad you joined me for this episode of the Burt Not Ernie Show. It's an honor and a blessing to talk about God's promises with you. Have a fabulous day. And remember, part of knowing who you are is knowing who you're not. Lord bless. I'll see you next time.